huge story that broke just minutes ago, like less than 10 minutes ago. FBI Director James Comey has just been fired by Donald Trump. Wow. wow. Huge, huge Donald Trump fans here tonight. Why should I waste my time listening? Because I have a right to be and I have a voice! Yes, you do. When you send up to Scrabble to Net 16, there's something up there at the cell. Is this real world or exercise? No, this is not exercise manifest. Welcome to Real World with Ryan and Redmond, the fighter jets of intellectual freedom on We Are America Radio. This is War. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. You listen to The Real World with Ryan and Redmond on We Are America Radio, your number one source for political talk, opinion. Are we still on war, David? Yes, we are. We are. Okay. Wayne hasn't fired us yet. He can't fire us. Anyway, you know know me. I'm Justin Ryan. And I'm David Redmond. Who also cannot be fired. You can find us on Twitter at Ryan and Red and uh, also uh, our old shows, RyanandRed.com through SoundCloud and Spreaker. We're still using both, right, David? Yeah, we try to. We try to because we're we're good like that. We're very, very, you know. Diversified. Technologically diversified. At least David is. I'm still working on, you know, a hamster wheel or whatever uh, to run this computer of mine. But... um, Obviously, all the buzz in Washington right now is only about one thing, which is what we're going to use our uh, our show for in, in detail with, of course, is the firing of Comey. David, I heard last night um, through a Daily Mail uh, notification on my phone, and I was like, oh, crap. W- were you shocked? Did you see this coming? I didn't see it coming, but I'm not totally shocked because I felt like it was just his destiny at, at that point. And if Hillary had won, I think he would have been fired much sooner. So Trump's campaign took their time. He got a recommendation, I believe, from one of the um, assistant AGs, something like that. And supposedly it was a verbal recommendation, and then he asked for it in writing. So he got the writing and then made the final decision rather rather quickly. And the optics of it, of course, look terrible, which we're getting used to from this White House, aren't we, David? Uh, yeah, but they'll spin it the most negative way possible. So, I mean, if if you made I, I treat it like Trump's from the private sector. If you made the decision to fire someone, why drag it out? Right. He's not used to that political game of making it look good, timing it right with the other the rest of the news cycle. He's like, well, I decide to fire him, you know, give him the memo, send him the message. So I think that's largely responsible for it versus, you know, any political miscalculation. They just made the decision and they weren't going to hold back on it and they were just ready to go with it. What is supposed to happen with the investigation, and what 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 the hell investigation we're talking about? We're talking about Russia, right? We're talking about collusion with the campaign. Um, we're talking about Flynn, sort of. We're talking about email, sort of. There's so many intertwining parts of this that even when you have two pundits on television, you know, we'll get to you know Anderson Cooper with uh, with Kellyanne Conway in a minute. Um, but people are talking past each other, David, and they're not necessarily talking about the same things, are they? Clearly not. And there's concurrent investigations going on about this. So there's congressional committees and other investigating tools and aids going on. And, you know, the FBI doesn't have a director at the moment, but they still have all the field agents. They have everything else ongoing. So they can still operate for the time being, still investigate important cases. 
But I don't know. How long does it really take to investigate this case? We haven't seen any leaks. We haven't seen any official words of any progress. So I really don't know what, what's left. What, what are they looking for? And when do they expect to find it? What's the timeline? We don't really hear that. We just hear this drumbeat in the media, Putin, Putin, Russia. And they're trying to allege some sort of, you know, conspiracy and, you know, working together to defeat Hillary. And I, I don't I don't know what the there there is. And what we're seeing, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is a is a narrative that that David just mentioned that has continued really since Election Day, that there just has to be some Russian link to the Trump campaign. We do know that that the Russians certainly uh, made efforts to uh, influence the two, the 2016 election, not for the first time, hopefully for the last, but I, I will not hold my breath. But there's been no evidence um, that anyone believes to be true about the actual collusion with the um, uh, Trump campaign. But the investigation is ongoing, but so far, David, they don't have anything. Nothing. And we've seen stuff on Flynn leaked, unfortunately, and that's a crime. But, you know, it seems like when there is something there, it tends to get leaked and we haven't seen that. So it makes me skeptical, you know, and that, they've set that bar where you expect, you know, something to drip out, give an indication of where the investigation may be heading and going. And right now it's zero, zero. It's at zero. It's not moving. I haven't seen any new information come to light. It's all speculation of collusion. And, you know, are they really going to try and drag this out for four years? How much longer can this go on? We're past the 100 day mark. I mean, uh, as far as holding the president accountable, I see this as a loser, right? If there's something there, yes, be thorough, investigate it throughout and close it out. But, I mean, there's so many other things you could be holding the president accountable on and making sure holding his feet to the fire. I just don't see this as a winner. And it's not just the FBI who's investigating, right? There are hearings with the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee. All those matter. And Republicans, you know, are not interested, I think, in shielding Trump in some way from all that. I think it'll be done in a forthright way. I think anyone um, on those committees will will look at it blanketly. I think that that the media likes to paint this um, many narratives, but one narrative is that you know, every Republican is just a shill for Trump and they'll just protect him. And that's just nonsense. That's not how um, congressmen and particularly senators like to act under any circumstances. They always want to have some vestige of their own independence in political matters and policy matters, but also in investigations for sure, because it costs them with the voters and it's not, not what they were elected to do. And they are um, also elected to, um, you know, and they pledged to, to defend the Constitution. So there's a lot there there. Um, I think they're going to find it. And um, so far, they don't have much. And um, David, but what about the timing of this? It's still ongoing. I, there's reports that Comey asked for more money from the investigation. Trump's grumpy about it still going on. And could the president's reasoning be actually facile? It's not really actually what his the real reason that he's tired of Comey wants to get rid of him. Well, I could see the timing is definitely the biggest grievance that there is that you could say and try and make a case for. But again, it's up for debate. And I think it was just his business sense led him to say, all right, I have my advisors telling me this is what we want to do. And he went forward for, with it, pulled the trigger. And, you know, that's the way they operate. Get, people should get used to it. We've seen it fairly consistently. It seems kind of spur of the moment and sporadic, but you know, they make quick decisions, and that seems to be the case in this instance. And I'm, I'm obviously going to criticize Democrats who've, who've been uh, shrieking about him since November. Well, and now, of course, they got rid of him, and then they're like, oh, wait, he should have stayed. Yeah, they have zero credibility in that front, right? They decimated Comey. They said, oh, he's dead to us, blah, blah, blah. 
and Chuck Schumer gets up there and then starts criticizing this decision, and it just doesn't hold water in my view, right? Because they already half the party of the Democrats already disowned Comey, and you know he has he does have over the extended his extended career a very good reputation until Loretta Lynch forced him into a corner. She you know disrupted the DOJ's operations by meeting with former President Clinton on a tarmac private airplane during the Clinton investigation while they're investigating Hillary. And that, that definitely isn't um, on the up and up, right? The, the appearance of that is terrible. And that kind of, I gave Comey some leeway at the time for doing what he did. He broke some protocol and it put him in a bad spot. But now it's come back to haunt him. And he, he just, he laid out too many things publicly, sort of almost contradictory. And what, I don't see how the Democrats were so confident in him. And if the FBI found something on Trump, why wouldn't Comey just come out and give the same exact speech he gave for Hillary, right? What the same logic? Oh, well, they messed up. They screwed up, but there was no Ill intent. Why would we expect anything else at that point, right? How would they have confidence? I don't know. And, David, when we look back at this, let's sort of turn the clock back. You know, so last July, Comey gives a press conference saying that um, – there was no intent on the part of the Clintons to misuse the private email servers, but that only thing that FBI director has to prove, of course, or try to prove is the idea of evidence for um, gross negligence, not intent. So we overstepped his bounds there because of what you were saying, because the red line she thought was compromised because of being with Clinton on the tarmac. Was that, looking back on it now, to your mind, a wise decision on Comey's part back in July? I don't know. It just seemed stunning at the time, the way he laid it out. He almost seemed to make a case for indictment and then at the very end made his conclusion of non-indictment. So it was very awkward in that sense. And then when he reopened the investigation, which that incensed the Democrats even more so, you know, partially justified, it was very awkwardly executed and... There was just so much stuff going on with computers and databases and things being deleted while under subpoena. I mean, that there was seemed to be some intent. You know, you could make a case if you wanted to try. So I don't know if it was that obvious. And no zero prosecutors would would take something on if the if the defendant's name was something else. I, I'm sure. You know, many lower level crimes. Uh, you know, with classified information have been prosecuted. And it just did not seem right. And I think that that ultimately led to tipping the election in Trump's favor. But again, the intent was not his job. That's the job of the Justice Department and any other, uh, if not Loretta Lynch, than someone else to to bring that forward. So from that point of view, it's widely viewed that, um, you know, he overstepped his bounds. Then he, of course, um, moving the clock a little bit forward to the end of October, David, he came out on a Friday afternoon uh, telling the Congress that, um, you know, that there is more investigating to be done. That was made into a whirlwind that he was trying to tip the election or would tip the election. I didn't even think it would at the time. People were worrying about too much. And then looking back, David, do you think that was the right thing? And did it, in fact, tip the election? I think it was a factor, but it wasn't the only one. Right. There was many concurrent factors, so it it definitely aided in tipping it. I mean, it was more the working class sentiment and the economic factors that also were a long term stay throughout the election. But I mean, those those final straws, Comey's recent testimony, he fudged some numbers on, I guess, I think it had to do with uh, surveillance numbers and he got that data wrong in testimony. So I think I just think the Trump administration felt if they have 
you know, any sort of neutral prosecutions coming up with the FBI has to make recommendations to the Justice Department, their Justice Department. I guess they didn't feel comfortable having the backing. They needed a more neutral new director, new leadership at the FBI just to back up those legitimate non-political cases that may be, occur within the next four years. And David, uh, for those of us who don't know, how, what are the numbers he he, he fudged or, or got wrong, and what was the impact of all that, do you think? I don't have the exact, exact te- figures. Testimony from the House Intelligence Committee, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that? Yeah, within the last couple weeks. Um, but no, he, I think he lowballed it, so he was in the hundreds, and it was in the actual numbers, at least in the thousands, if not more. And maybe that data changes with different qualifiers on it as well, but people, they, the media uncovered some irregularities with it, and... You know, Senator Rand Paul's out there demanding answers. He wants to know if his name and his associates were unmasked as well. So, you know, this seems very potentially improper usage of our, you know, intelligence uh, community and their tools. And, you know, that's at this point seems like a more urgent investigation, investigatory matter versus this Russia allegation, which there, if there was some smoke there, they would have found it by now. And I don't don't see what's taking so long. I think it seems to me that there's not uh, a lot of fire with that smoke either. Um, but I, to my mind, David, I'm, I'm just all too happy to have these other committees investigate this in whatever way they see fit. It's a valid issue. They just haven't found anything yet. They may not find much of substance. But those investigations are to go forward, and it's important that um, our democratic institutions do that no matter who's in the White House or who has a majority in Congress. Um, but there's a sense here, of course, that the real reason on the real world for his firing is sort of in question because he's not, you know, Trump has not really been very transparent about some of these things. And then once um, someone goes his way, he thinks they're awesome. And then when they go the other way, he thinks they're terrible. But it's always been the FBI director serves the pleasure of the president. So that it's no constitutional crisis, well within the right of the president to ch- change directors, especially one he didn't even appoint in the first place. And they're trying to say it's an unprecedented event, not quite. Bill Clinton fired a director. They tried to compare it, obviously, to Nixon, much more controversial firings going on in his administration, which I don't think this is more unique, right? We have bipartisan disgruntlement occurring with Comey over the last year or so. So more unique circumstances, I would say. You can still question the motives, but definitely stands alone, really not as controversial, I'd say, as the Nixon administration and President Clinton did it as well. So th- there's plenty of precedent. And the comparison with uh, with Nixon is sort of laughable. People are talking about, of course, for those of us not old enough, and I'm not one of them, is the Saturday Night Massacre in October 1973, where uh, President Nixon um, said he wanted to fire the special prosecutor and ordered the attorney general, I believe at the time, to do just that. Attorney general resigned. Um, the deputy attorney general uh, was then – this is all happened the same evening – ordered to uh, do same. He said, no way, Jose. Also, he resigned. And then the third person in command, we weren't sure you know, what this constitution – that was a constitutional crisis because it didn't understand, well, 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 is the president above the law? What do we do about um, if the president refuses this? Do we have a way of subpoenaing all these different things um, having to do, of course, with the, the Watergate uh, conspiracy? And then um, one Robert Bork who was um, 14 years later nominated to the Supreme Court under Reagan and was blistered by uh, the Democrats in the Senate over what was extraordinary qualification to be a Supreme Court justice. I think our country looked different if Robert Bork made that. But Robert Bork, being a bit of a loyalist, decided to uh, go ahead. 
This is war. We are America Radio. Logical and fair-minded letter as to the reasons why they got rid of, uh, rid of uh, Comey, and it all it all holds up. It all makes sense. It, it is just a a singing indictment on how this guy may have inserted himself in an election. Some Democrats have been saying all along, and they can't accept on balance that. He needed to go, and this is the time to do it. They make it this much bigger thing about, oh, it's because of the Russia investigation. And it's just nonsense after a while. Why can't we do things based on principle? Because we know it's good for the country. Um, it doesn't mean that, that Trump's not going to be investigated about Russia. That's ridiculous. Uh, it seems like they're – we saw some of this early on with the Obama administration. The GOP seemed to be very oppositional, and some would say very justified in the case of the health care law and everything like that. That was the big early battle. But, you know, I, I was warning people at the time, you know, pick your battles. Don't just be no on everything. Right. And it ended up being a kind of a tough eight years on, on the uh, legislation front. But Democrats now, they just seem to be executing that playbook terribly. I don't think it's going to work out for them the way they expect. Right. Because the GOP over the eight years made a lot of gains. Democratic Party got decimated as far as legislating and governorships and many other parts of the country. So Obama was terrible for, you know, growing the Democratic Party as far as actually governing in many different parts of the country and Democrats are kind of trying to steal that playbook somehow, but I just don't see something's off about their execution. I don't think they're picking the right battles. You know, they're not keeping their powder dry. They're just no, no, no on everything being very hysterical at times. And I don't, I don't think they're going to make that. Maybe they'll make some midterm games, but not, not to the same extent. I don't see it happening. Not at this point. I'm curious. It'll be curious to see what happens. It depends a lot on, on other factors like um, what repeal and replace looks like. We're able to get some tax reform in there. And, of course, what the state of the economy is. Some of the regulatory stuff that's been changing, of course, uh, you know, and David and, and my my view, of course, is that they're all for the good. Deregulation, uh, you know, just um, – Getting easier with some of those things, so manufacturing and economic activity can kind of uh, muscle forward. Uh, you know, booming stock market, all good to see. Um, but going back to Trump specifically with with this firing, David, um, it's just ham handed the way this White House handles this kind of thing. Um, because well, let's be honest, Trump is ticked off about the Russia thing. He's ticked off that it's this you know prevailing. Um, narrative that we've talked about. It's taking attention away from his tweets. It's, it's ridiculous. It's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, what, what? I mean, suck it up, Trump. Like this is going to go on for a while, and you firing the guy, um, even if he needs to go, is still going to make balloon the whole Russia controversy, not not make it die down. And that that's just that's just dumb politics, seems to me. And as we've mentioned before, it, it's almost. It's probably not good for the country, but it's sort of a gift to Trump because, as as we said, I don't personally expect anything to come out of it, much to come out of it. So now that he's fired Comey, it sort of rekindles the interest in it, and now they want some sort of special prosecutor or however they structure it legally. And then they may go ahead and do something along those lines. And a few months down the line, what I, I don't anticipate any, any any nothing else to come to light seriously. So Flynn was the biggest thing of that. That was more personal on his side, improper conduct on you know his professionalism, which is highly unfortunate. But you know that that seems to be the extent of it. And I think James Comey will, will be looked upon harshly by by history, and that's too bad uh, because he was a real deal FBI man. Uh, you do not get to the top of the FBI uh, unless you have a real loyalty and um, 
uh, and deference for the institution of the FBI and what it is supposed to do in our country. And most everyone, except for, you know, bad things to do with like wiretapping, that kind of thing. Most often the FBI is above board. They do fantastic work, very important work, always, always really important uh, and clear about what they need to do about all kinds of different areas uh, in our polity. But this guy was, was seen as too political, as Britt Humes, I think, said yesterday that when you look, look at it, this is the guy that uh, was the most political FBI director since J. Edgar Hoover, and no one could be more political than J. Edgar. Indeed, and they were – yeah, so that's, that's the thing. Comey may have made a mistake, but he, he was definitely no J. Edgar, not even close. But again, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, James Comey had to go. He you know, it's a ten-year thing. You usually get ten years. Uh, he was in in year four. Yeah, he didn't even serve half of that. That's that's the that's that's the amazing part. It's incredible, but uh, you cannot be viewed as a as a as a political phenomenon. One thing that's interesting, I think, David, is and how do you evaluate this? Is that obviously Trump was saying one thing to the campaign about all this, and now he's something different, and Democrats in the media are saying, "Oh my gosh, it's terrible! How can you, you know, switch your mind like that? You're the president of the United States now. You're not a candidate anymore. Um, it isn't just about tactical advantage, but everything, but doing the right thing." And um, that has to be taken at, at face value. Again, three days ago, <laughs> we would have had Democrats saying, "Oh, this is, we've got to get rid of this guy. The guy's so terrible." Blah blah blah. And then it happens, and then it's suspect. Now, again, I think that the American people have not been given the real reasons for that, but I think on balance. Um, that, you know, Sessions that recused himself for, for good reason. He gave some testimony that was faulty. Good for him. He recused himself. Um, but for goodness sakes, you know, this was done for good reasons. Even if the optics look bad and we're criticizing for that, and that's that's useful. But this is not, you know, Watergate. It's 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 not uh, special prosecutors is just a headline grabber. It's a tweet that actually could make things worse when you're act already acting through the normal organs of government and how you um, investigate these things. For one, David, a special prosecutor is not going to have access to the kind of intelligence that's very confidential that they that those committees will need to see to see if there really was a Russian connection or or to what degree or Russian collusion. Um, that could compromise that. The Democrats aren't looking at that. They're looking at what actually the, the truth will come out and, and going that. Now forever, anything happening with Russia is probably going to be viewed by part of the country, and I think some independents and even some conservatives, as a whitewash, as a uh, bunk, as um, not really a full investigation. They, oh, they didn't find anything, but they're still hiding it and so forth. When we're not looking at facts and evidence, it's it's just you know ideological warfare. And almost like a troll maneuver, I don't know if it was done intentionally, but Trump was meeting with the high-level Russian diplomat, right, immediately after Comey was fired. Yep. And he met with, uh, what's his name, the other advisor. I guess he worked for Nixon as well, if you remember his name. I think Roger Stone. Not Well, yeah, he's pretty good too. <laughs> but I think he's been around even longer than him. He set a lot of foreign policy stuff up. But Trump met with him recently as well. You don't know his name? Trump's, uh, this is... Uh, Ryan's job is to remember all the names. I, I, yeah, I had one job, Justin. One <laughs> job. Remember all the obscure names of different governments from decades ago. Um, <laughs> You're good at that. <laughs> I'm good at that, right? Um, uh, again, Comey Kissinger, is Henry be, Kissinger, that's who it was. Oh, Kissinger came by, of course. Yeah. That's right. And optics of that didn't look good particularly either. 
Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this will die down. The, the the Russian controversy, you know what they now. But the whole idea this is some huge abuse of power, and the president's crazy, and this is Nixonian, and now the tr- the, now, the, the David, for goodness sakes, I, I'm like leaning my head against the wall here, because Comey was fired. That must mean the truth will never come out. That's I mean, what nonsense. <laughs> now we live in lawless anarchy because there's no current FBI director. Without it's James Comey at the head, we're never going to know the truth now? Really, people? I mean, is that really uh, like a sound analysis? For goodness sakes. Get mad, David. <laughs> David is so much I'm more calm in these situations than I am. By some of the hysterics over this, I mean, we don't want to really demonize people that have a you know legitimate concern about governing and are concerned about it. But uh, just you know, if you really look look into the details of what's going on and how people, certain people are reacting and what they've said in the recent past, doesn't add up. Highly political, and I don't think it's going to work out too well for them in the ballot box. And I hope that is the case because, again, do something on principle just for one's Democratic Party. I mean, again, when you're in the minority like that and you really don't have a lot of say, um, the person who is going to, uh, uh, you know, is, is de facto now in charge, though, David, got voted in by the Senate 94 to 6. All Democrats voted for him just about. Um, and, um, you know, what's the problem? Uh, you know, I think Rosenstein is going to come to the rescue. I think he's a patriot, and he's probably going to do a lot of the right things. Who is an Obama administration appointee? People, can you just calm down already? Yeah. So, how much can they really complain about that? G- gather some facts, get it together, and find out you know what's going to happen next. Um, but uh, you know, this is not going to go away. Mainly not because there's a lot of there there, but because Donald Trump and his White House um, screwed it up. And for goodness sakes, David, uh, you know, I really want to like Kelly. Conway, she's a, she went to Catholic school, sweet lady, pro-life, love her to death. Um, you know, she, there's been talk, of course, that she's been out of the limelight the last couple of weeks, that she has been sort of pulled back as ineffective or this or that. She goes on Anderson Cooper last night, um, and Anderson Cooper, who I respect in general, I don't think he's an ideologue, I think he's a good guy and a good newsman. Um, she got, you know, knocked around a little bit and deserved to be. Um, but sometimes in these situations, David, you got to have a lot of facts at, at your disposal, and you can't just um, uh, go on spin mode with this stuff when it comes to investigations like this um and once again she just had a bad performance it just was, was just ugly which is a shame because she did have many great spots during the campaign itself and she managed it very well at the end there but yeah she she seemed to be a little rusty there and it is a tough position to defend if you're not ready with the facts of it but if you do have the facts you know there's plenty of uh there's stuff to debate and argue over it's not a clear-cut case of of pure political bias on the part of the Trump administration. You know, they have plenty of backing, a lot of it coming from Democratic talking points, and they're, they're kind of mad it got co-opted somehow, but, you know, uh, the, the regular people don't seem too displeased with, with the result. And what we got to do, ladies and gentlemen, is obviously get someone in there to be FBI director so we can kind of wash our hands of some of this, uh, you know, political intrusion. Uh, some of the names have been knocked around are from David's part of the world, uh, his uh, hometown, uh, former mayor, America's mayor, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani, and of course, uh, neighboring uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Both of those, David, and I like both men. I have a lot of time for both of them. Both of them are, are, uh, are um, non-starters for me because you want someone totally political, not someone who's run for president. 
Yeah, I see them as too political already just at the starting gate. So for FBI director, probably not the best position, even if they're legally qualified. They've already set, you know, the political stage for themselves, and that would be a tougher sell. And even I've seen Sheriff Clark, people, they love that guy. They want him in almost any position that's tangentially related to law enforcement. But again, he's much more, you know, he speaks out on many issues. I think he'd have to recruit himself on too many cases that he's already spoken out about as far as precedents and everything like that. Really valid point that you do have to find someone who has not spoken out on cases that are ongoing. That's one of the great sins of of James Comey, and 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 he is right to be criticized for is he was speaking out on things that did not deserve to have a press conference, be it uh, Clinton emails or other controversies. Um, I think in the end, ladies and gentlemen, he'll be viewed um, uh, poorly by history, but he was a good FBI man, like I said. The other problem, of course, is that um, he was squeezed, David, wasn't he? He was squeezed in an election year between what was perceptions of malfeasance on the part of both campaigns. And uh, that's a really tough needle to thread, but most people think he could have done a better job of it. Hold on, I just crossed FBI director off my bucket list. Not going to work out. (laughs) David has a whiteboard uh, on his um, wall saying, oh, FBI director, that's not going to happen. I threw my whiteboard out. Carl Rove ruined it for me. (laughs) It wasn't Carl Rove four years earlier, of course. It was uh, it was Tim Russert. May he rest in peace. We're about out of here. Listen to The Real World with Ryan and Reb on We Are America Radio. You can find us on Twitter at Ryan and Red uh, and our old shows on SoundCloud at RyanandRed.com. Stick with us. There's more coming with the Comey tr- controversy. This thing just changes every day, babe, with this White House. But get out there. Diversify. Don't just listen to one media outlet. And uh, we'll see you again next time. 